Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Final stretch run here. 106.7 The Fan, Odyssey app. I want to talk about the MLB trade deadline. And as we went to break, saw on Twitter, big trade involving a former national. Max Scherzer is on the move. He is headed to Texas pending his own approval. He holds a no trade clause. He hasn't waived it yet. But the Rangers and the Mets agreed on a deal. They're going to send Max Scherzer to the Rangers. How crazy has it been for the Mets this year, though? They've been so bad, and they spent all that money, and it hasn't worked. And now they're starting to sell. And I'm I'm betting you that the reason that he's getting traded is he had that meeting after they traded David Robertson last night, I'm assuming the meeting, sometime after the game, and he he talked with the front office, ownership maybe, and they said, look, man, we've tried to win. Steve Cohen's got to look at it and say, I opened up my entire checkbook, and we're still not winning. So time to move on. Try again next year. And if that's the case, good for Max. We can root for him again, Nationals fans. How about it? He's not a Met anymore. So there you go. Big deal. Rangers and Mets agreed on a trade for Max Scherzer, pending Scherzer approving the deal since he has a no-trade clause. So I want to look at some of the other deals that have gone down around Major League Baseball. We'll look at some of the Nationals that could be moved in the next segment. But the big one, the big move or not move, of the trade deadline is Shohei Otani. That continues to be the story of all of Major League Baseball is Shohei Otani and what he does on the baseball field and how incredible he is. And the Angels the other day decided we're not going to trade him. I believe it was Wednesday. The reports come out he's not going to be traded. And then they trade for Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez. Maybe they're looking at Jamer Candelario as well. They've been linked to him. But Otani, the next day, They say, all right, we're not going to trade. We'll go for it. The next day, this is what Shohei Otani does in a doubleheader against the Tigers. Game one, complete game, one hit shutout. Gave up three walks as well, but a complete game, one hit shutout to win game one of the doubleheader. And it wasn't like a split doubleheader. It wasn't something where Shohei went in, took a shower, maybe went out for dinner, hung out at the clubhouse there for a couple of hours and then was back at it. No, it was a true doubleheader. One of the ones where you go in, maybe change the uniform, otherwise just grab a bite to eat, grab a drink, sit in your chair for about 20 minutes, and then you're right back at it because you've got another game going on. Give the time for the, the grounds crew to get everything set and ready to go for game two and then run it back. And guess what he did in game two? Game one, complete game, one hit shutout. Game two... Two home runs. 
I mean, if you're looking at this, I don't know how you could say anyone's ever had a better day in Major League Baseball history. Seriously. This guy threw a complete game one hit shutout in game one and then hit two bombs in game two. Oh, and then Friday he came back hitting again on the road in Toronto. Another bomb. 39 home runs on the year for Shohei Otani. 39. He's on pace for 61 home runs, which is one shy of the record that Judge set last year. He's on pace for 61 home runs. Absolutely incredible what he does at the plate. And that's not even including what he does on the mound. This guy is a top... I I think that some people like to throw him in the top five for pitcher. I don't know if I would throw him in there. In terms of stuff, he's probably in there. But he's top 10, top 12 as a pitcher. Easily. No doubt in my mind. If you want to argue top five, that's fine. I do understand that. I tend to think he's a little bit lower. But again, nitpicking right here. I mean... This guy is a top player in baseball as a pitcher. And then in terms of hitting, who's better than him? Seriously. I think the judge is in the conversation. I don't know if he's better. I think that Acuna is in the conversation. I don't think he's better. The stuff that Shohei Otani has been able to do on the baseball field has been spectacular. And it just it baffles me that the Angels continue to be mediocre with that kind of talent on his your team, the best player in baseball, the best player, in my opinion, just over these last couple of years, because of what he's been able to accomplish, the best player of all time. And you have the best player of the previous generation and Mike Trout, a guy that we've talked about as possibly being the greatest player of all time, for sure of this generation, and Mike Trout. And yet they continue to be mediocre at best. But credit to them for going for it. And that's where I think it's interesting. If you were in that situation, what would you do? Would you have traded Shohei Otani or would you have held on to him? Because think about what you could get for Shohei. Think about what you would get if you traded that caliber of hitter at the deadline. Think about what the Nationals got for Juan Soto. Now, that was with a couple years. So maybe not the perfect example. But think about for a rental, for that kind of hitter. Say you're trading him to the Braves or the Yankees or some team that's really competing. Think about what you could get. You could get some good prospects for him. Oh, and by the way, you're trading for a pitcher as well. Think about what you get when you trade pitchers at the deadline, even if they're they're nothing special. The one that we always go back to here in D.C. is you traded the... One foot in the (laughs) retirement grave and one foot on a banana pill, John Lester, for Lane Thomas. It's not like Lane was something, you know, the the greatest prospect of all time, but you got something for him. And that's John Lester. That's not like you're trading Shohei Otani. I mean, you're trading an elite pitcher and an elite hitter, something we've never seen before in our lifetimes, and probably never will. And you could trade him and get an absolute haul. I mean, we were talking about this in a in a group text with some of the guys at the station here, thinking about if the Orioles, because they were rumored to be in. If I'm the Orioles and I'm the Angels, the Orioles would have to look at it and say, I'm not giving up Jackson Holiday, but maybe you're giving up Norby. 
Maybe you're giving up Kowser or Kerstad. Like, you're getting a couple of top prospects just for a rental. Just for a rental. That's the kind of thing that you could have gotten if you're the Angels. But then on the flip side, if you're an Angels fan and you have the greatest player, in my opinion, of all time, for sure in baseball right now, and for sure in the conversation as one of the greatest of all time, you had that guy on your roster and you traded him away. Why do I turn tune into any game the rest of the season? Why do I care about anything else going on? Because you've given up. Now, that flip side is like Nationals fans here in D.C. Soto gets traded. Why should I care anymore? Well, it's because you've got a lot of young guys that are good, and you get to watch them now. Maybe you could sell that to Angels fans. But you've got Mike Trout on this team for the foreseeable future. And you've got Shohei Otani, and you haven't given us a playoff appearance yet. So I don't mind the idea of not moving on. Now, this is kind of going to get judged in like five years, in my opinion. If the Angels are absolutely atrocious in five years, we're going to look back on this and say, why did they not trade Shohei Otani, assuming they don't win the World Series this year? Because even if they just get into the playoffs, that's not enough. They need to at least make a run. At least get to the World Series or an ALCS, please. Otherwise, if you just get into the playoffs, that's not a successful season. Even though they've bought a couple players, try again. No. If they don't get into the World Series or at least get close to a World Series, it's a failure. But if we get five years down the road and the Angels are just terrible and Otani's somewhere else and he's been playing the same kind of guy as he always has, but they're just looking at their farm system and it's not good, then maybe we look back on this time and say, what the heck were the Angels thinking? You had an all-time player to trade. You could have gotten an all-time haul for a rental, and you held on to him. I don't know. Maybe we'll look back on it and say, what the heck were they doing? But I don't mind it right now. I don't. Let's get out to the phones and bring in Chris in Damascus. Chris, what's going on? Hey, I'll stay. Hey, thanks, Toby. Toby Hara, Texas Rangers. Maybe Max Scherzer's going there because of Toby Hara. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the early Washington Senators, nineteen seventy-one. Sure. Anyway, um, and speaking of Shohei, I was wondering this too. I think they, I did great. I didn't even see that coming. I thought, man, what's he going to do? I felt for him. I'm a baseball fan first. I mean, for heaven's sake, we didn't have a team here in Washington for thirty-five years. So I, I love the Orioles for being there. Um, but um, but I was feeling for the Angels because I, I'm fine baseball. I like it. And I was thinking, what's he going to do? So he's kept them. And now he's going to try to fight for it. Didn't see it coming. And Giolito, one of the guys, and and the other one wasn't he a national prospect once as well? Yeah, yeah, Giolito. And that and was who we, Lopez. Did we traded for Adam Eaton. <laughs> yep, yep. And has Adam and Eaton? Has, do Adam Eaton? I know Howie Kendrick's an assistant in Philly. Do is Adam Eaton and them doing anything? Maybe driving school or NASCAR club or what? I'd have to look. I'm not sure that Adam Eaton's doing anything with baseball. I'm not sure. I uh, know. Okay, I know what. Okay. Um, anyway, um, uh, I would be open to whatever. You know, I think Mike Rizzo's one of his best things is picking out these free agents, picking out the mm-hmm. trades. You know, I, maybe perhaps our development system is a little more with some of the draft picks. I don't know. But I'm, always, I'm happy with Riz 100%. He hasn't let me down yet. Um, um, so I, if he trades Lane Thomas, if he tabulates uh, – I can't even pronounce his name right now. A third baseman, Candelario. Yep. Um, he hurt his arm a little bit last night, though. 
I hope he's okay. He should be all right. He said Zuckerman said that, or yeah, Zuckerman. I always get it mixed up. Is it Zuckerman or Zuckerberg? It's Zuckerman. He. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I know he he tweets about that all the time. People tweeting at him, angry about things with Facebook. But uh, he said that he could have he said that he could have played in his next at bat if he needed. So I think oh, he's going to be all right. And he expires at the end of this year, right? Correct. Yes. Dom Smith has another year, maybe or no? I believe he has another year. Yes. And Lane Thomas has a little bit more. And what about Oh Victor? Yeah, interested. I'll have to look at Victor. Appreciate the phone call, Chris. Hey, thank you, Toby. Absolutely. I'll have to look at Victor. I think he's got a couple more years. But to his question, Lane Thomas is, has two more years. If I look, I believe Dominic Smith has one more year. And then Candelario is expiring at the end of this season. So I think if you're looking at this going forward, Candelario more than likely going to get traded. I would put the probability at 95-plus percent. Honestly, I could almost put it at 100%, but just in case something were to happen, you could say there's some doubt that maybe he isn't. Actually, it looks like Dominic Smith, He's he has arbitration next year, so they can keep him around for one more season. And then if you look at Victor Robles, I think he's got a couple more years. Let's see here. He has one more year. So both of those guys got a, a year left, and Lane Thomas has two. But Jamer Candelario... I would say 98, I said 95, 98, 99% he gets traded, assuming he doesn't get hurt in the next couple of days to the point that he would miss time. It sounds like he's going to be okay. He's gotten dinged up a couple of times since the All-Star break, but it seems like he's okay. Lane Thomas doesn't sound like he's going to get dealt. I'm not exactly sure. We'll get more into the Nationals here in the next segment. Want to look around the, the rest of Major League Baseball as we wrap up this segment. We'll get into the Nationals in just a couple of minutes, but... He mentioned the Angels acquired Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez, two former Nationals. I like that move for the Angels. Add some pitching and try. Now, they gave up their number two and three prospects. I don't love that if they're not able to keep Giolito. If you gave up your number two and three prospects to try for a year, which I, I don't mind. Again, I said I don't mind them not trading Otani. But at the end of the year, if you lose Giolito, you lost Otani, and then you lose your number two and three prospects. Not great. Not great. The Dodgers... I like what they're doing, bringing in Kike Hernandez, Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly, some old Dodgers. Part of me wonders with the Dodgers, do they not want to go all, all in and add some guys that maybe have some contracts beyond this season? You know, I've seen them linked to Arenado, but if you can keep that payroll down a little bit, that guy in Anaheim, Shohei, travel up the road a little bit here to L.A. and hang out with us. You think about the Dodgers in years past, and they've had stars on stars on stars. Think about them this year. Not as much. They're playing James Outman in the outfield. They're playing Mookie Betts all over the place, and not just in his regular right field trying to find spots. You've got Vargas playing. It's really Freeman and Betts and some pitchers, Bueller when he comes back. Will Smith will get paid at some point. But if they don't acquire someone, I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to get in on the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. And then the White Sox made another trade where they traded Kendall Graveman to the Astros. They've done that before, where Graveman goes to the Strohs. But I liked what the White Sox did, getting catcher Corey Lee back. So I think there's been some interesting moves. The big one, just over the last couple of minutes, keep an eye on it as it kind of develops over the next hour here or so, is Max Scherzer headed out to Texas, assuming that he will waive his no-trade clause. So we'll see about that. But we'll get into some Nationals talk because they've got some intriguing guys that could get dealt at the deadline. We talked about a couple of them. 
What do I think they could get? We'll talk about that all that next as we wrap up overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Final segment here, 106.7 The Fan Odyssey app. Before we hand it over to Charlie and Dave in Game 3 between the Nationals and the Mets. The Mets, busy today, trading Max Scherzer to the Rangers pending Max Scherzer approving that deal. But I want to look at the Nationals as the trade deadline approaches here. Just a couple of days, the trade deadline comes up on August 1st. So you could be looking at the last series you'll see of Jamer Candelario, maybe some of the relievers. But let's start with Jamer. So an interesting thing here with Jamer is there's not a lot of clear sellers at the deadline just because of the way that the new playoff system works. So more teams are kind of thinking like, well, maybe we could make it in. So I don't want to give up. You're hearing the Cubs that look like they were going to sell. Now they're kind of back in on it and might not sell. So that takes a team off the market and Bellinger and Stroman and some of those guys come off the market. doesn't affect Candelario, but what it does do is it means that more teams might be in on buying players, especially a guy like a Candelario because he's, a good hitter. He's been good defensively this year. He's a rental. You're not going to have to give up the top prospect. Because think about if you're trying to trade for Nolan Arenado, you're going to have to give up a lot. So while Nolan Arenado is significantly better than Jamer Candelario, it's not as if teams are going to be able to trade for Nolan Arenado. So we were talking about this on Bustin' Loose Baseball. Grant Paulson and I do a podcast about the Nationals. You can check it out on the Odyssey app. We are just talking about this on our last podcast. If you look at Jamer Candelario, I think that a couple of teams make sense. We were talking about the Brewers maybe making some sense. I think that they need some offense. They could use some help over at third base, a switch hitter. That'd be nice for them. You look at the Yankees. I think they obviously make some sense because of the situation they're in right now in the standings. If you look at where they're at, they're not sitting in the driver's seat. So they need some help, and they just got Judge back. You just saw that last night in Baltimore. You just saw that he came back. But they're sitting there at 54 and 49, and if you look at them in the wild card, they're not that far out. And so you could sell only three and a half games out of the wild card spot behind Houston. You could sell on, we can get Candelario for a, middle-of-the-road prospect. Judge is now back in the lineup. We get going a little bit. We're ready to roll. You know, they still got Garrett Cole there, nasty Nestor when he can get back, those kind of guys. So I think that he makes a lot of sense to go to the Yankees. So we'll see about that. But the other team that could take a look, and they've talked about it a little bit earlier, was uh, the, the Angels. Maybe the Angels need to upgrade there. Anthony Rendon continues to be injured since he's gone out to L.A. Maybe he 
comes back at some point, but maybe you could get a more guaranteed everyday player in Jamer Candelario. But the nice part, again, you got three teams I just mentioned there. Maybe some more will be in on him. But if you've got multiple teams, that means the quality of prospect coming back is probably going to be a little bit higher than if there were just one or two teams interested. So we'll see about that. But, I mean, you're getting a good player in Jamer Candelario. You've seen it all year for him. When you signed him, when Mike Rizzo brought him in, and I thought that was a, a good point by our last caller about Mike Rizzo, he does a fantastic job, and I don't understand where some of the flack that he was getting comes from. Maybe his draft classes haven't been the best, but his trades for sure have been fantastic. But signing Jamer Candelario, they tried to do the same thing with Nelson Cruz last year. It kind of blew up in their face. This year, one-year deal, bring him in, and then you can trade him. And you are probably always going to be able to trade him at the deadline because someone could use a switch hitter with a little bit of pop and some doubles. But you didn't expect to get what you've gotten. Again, I thought you were going to get a guy with some pop, 15 homers, maybe 20 homers. A lot of doubles, and not a great defender. And that hasn't been the case this year. Still got the doubles, you've seen the power, and he's been a phenomenal defender. If it weren't for the fact that Nolan Arenado just always wins the gold glove and you could pencil him in for the gold glove whatever league he's in at third base, I think you could be talking about Jamer Candelario being up there as a gold glove defensive third baseman. So whoever decides to trade for him, is going to get a heck of a player. And I think the Yankees make the most sense to me. I think that's the team that would do it. I think you could sell the the front office and the team on, we're going to acquire a guy that's going to help us for a rental, but we don't have to give up the most. He'll help us at third base. Donaldson's on the shelf for some time. And you get a guy that's a switch hitter, can play every day. If you need him up at the top of the order, he can get on base for you. If you need some pop, he'll give that for you. But he's just a solid player that you don't have to worry about. You can pencil in the lineup every day a solid player. I think the Yankees go after him. Looking at the other guys, though, let's start with guys that I think could get traded. Hunter Harvey, Kyle Finnegan, Carl Edwards. It could get ugly for this bullpen down the stretch if they ultimately decide to move one of these guys or two of them, or I don't think they move all of them. But it's a hard spot to be in because I think all of these guys would be attractive to teams to trade for because bullpen help is always nice. And you can never have enough of it. And it can be finicky year to year. So getting a guy that you know is having a decent year to be your 6th, 7th, 8th inning guy is kind of nice at the deadline, especially one that you probably won't have to pay too, too much for. But the only guy that's healthy right now is Kyle Finnegan. And so I think there's a real chance that Finnegan gets dealt. I think that if there was a chance, teams would go after Hunter Harvey. But health concerns, if you're trading at the deadline, and you're a buyer, I'm not trading for a guy that's already on the injured list with some arm issues. Nope. I don't. I, I need a guy to come in and actually help me. That's the whole point of trading for guys at the deadline. So I would take Harvey off my list, and I would do the same thing with Edwards. A guy that's not back. If he could come back in the next day or two and prove that he's healthy, maybe. But I'm crossing him off my list when I could just go after Kyle Finnegan. So if I had to guess, I would assume that they would move one of these relievers if the opportunity presents itself. I'm not going to trade them for a pack of gum. I'm not going to just give up on these guys. But if you get a decent offer, I would move them because the way I look at this bullpen, those three guys are the only guys who are reliable. Those are the only three that Davey seems to trust year to year and throughout this season 
those are the only guys he seemed to trust, and I don't really blame him either. The problem is, I don't think Kyle Finnegan's your closer when you're competing for World Series again. So I, I don't need to hold on to him. I think that same thing can be said about Harvey. I know some people really believe in him. Maybe he has the chops for it, but I still don't think he's your closer when you're trying to compete for a World Series or competing to win the NL East again. Same thing, obviously, with Edwards. And so, in my opinion, with the bullpen, you can sign some help going forward, but if anyone wants these guys and they'll give you another arm that could help you in three, four, five years, I'm going to go with that. That could be that kind of reliever or that can just be something for me longer down the road when I'm hoping to compete for a World Series again. That's kind of what I look at with the bullpen. Ildemaro Vargas is an interesting one. I kind of think that if the team gets anything for him, they'd be willing to trade him. And he's attractive to teams that are competing. You're like, Ildemaro Vargas? That guy's not even playing for the Nats. But he's an attractive guy because he can play all over the infield. He's a switch hitter. can play in the corner outfield spots. He doesn't strike out, puts the ball in play. And if you want someone just off the bench as a utility guy that you could plug in and pinch hit with every now and then, there's your guy. It's not as if he's going to play every day. He'd probably play the exact same role he's playing on this team right now. But how nice would that be if you're the Nationals and you can get someone for Ildemaro Vargas, a guy that's not even playing for you right now, a guy that fills in every now and then, plays maybe once a week, twice a week at that. Like, if you can get anything for him, that'd be great. The guy I want to spend the last couple minutes we got here talking about, Lane Thomas. I saw somewhere, I couldn't find the excerpt again, but somewhere was saying that the reason Lane Thomas isn't getting the looks that maybe some people were thinking, because, you know, a couple weeks ago we were talking about this and people were thinking maybe you could actually get something for him now. Maybe now that you look at Lane Thomas and what he's done for a long enough time, maybe you could actually get a decent prospect in return. But the reason that you're not is teams are viewing him more as a platoon player as opposed to an everyday player. And the Nationals look at him as an everyday player. And there's no doubt that his splits, left versus right, are different. It's not as if he's bad versus right-handed hitters, but he has been exceptional against right uh, left-handed pitching this year. I still think he can be an everyday player. Looking at his splits, left versus right. Versus righties this year, and obviously a significant number of plate appearances, 306. He's got a 252 average, 301 on base, 401 slug, so just a 701 OPS. Compared to lefties, 364 batting average, 410 on base, 643 slug for an over 1,000, 1054 OPS. So, Obviously, a much better hitter against lefties. So other teams look at him and say, all right, he's a platoon guy. I think he's a little bit more than that. But either way, if you're not getting what you want with Lane Thomas for a trade, this is what I would do. Going forward, the Nationals have one guy, one guy outside of Patrick Corbin this year that's making more than $10 million. And after next season, you have Patrick Corbin coming off the books. That means that Steven Strasburg is the only guy making double digits on the entire roster. Assuming, you know, some arbitration stuff, whatever. Maybe they sign some guys with some of that extra money that they'll have. But here's what I would do. Lane Thomas has two more years of arbitration. He's not going to cost too, too much. It's not like he's making loads and loads of cash this year. 
I'd sign him for the next two years with the arbitration, buy that out, and give me two extra years. And now we're looking at Lane Thomas for the next four years into his age 31 season, age 32 season. And you have a guy that can be around when James Wood comes up, when Dylan Cruz comes up, when hopefully Robert Hassel, Elijah Green comes up. And if those guys come up and Lane Thomas is still there, Lane Thomas is still a good enough player. He can be the fourth outfielder. If one of those guys doesn't pan out, I personally think that he can still be an everyday outfielder. I know some people look at him and say, this is a flash in the pan. And maybe it is. I don't know that he's ever going to replicate what he did over the last couple of months when you look back at May and June. Who knows? Maybe that's the hot stretch of his career. But I think that he can give you solid play that you can pencil in the lineup every single day in right field and not worry about it. Not that he's a World Series caliber player. Who knows? But he's someone that you can keep around for veteran leadership. And for how much? I mean, if you if no one's making double digits, over $10 million going forward, and it's only Steven Strasburg, what does it hurt you if you're paying Lane Thomas $6 million, $7 million, $8 million? I don't think he's going to cost all that much. So that's what I would do with Lane Thomas. I like him. I think he's a very good veteran leader, and it'd be perfect to have him as your fourth outfielder at worst and then at best your everyday right fielder with the guys coming up. Because you're looking at Dylan Cruz, James Wood, those kind of guys coming up soon. And if it's something where Lane Thomas, you don't have room for him anymore and all those guys pan out, then you trade him. And you don't have to trade him for a ton because you're probably not getting a ton right now anyways. So that's kind of where I look at with Lane Thomas. I think he's worth a lot more to you than he is to whatever team would give you, whatever it is. So I would stick with Lane Thomas. And that's kind of how I feel with all these guys. If they're under contract past this season, then don't trade them just for trading them's sake. Hold on to them. See what happens. Maybe they have a breakout year like Lane Thomas has had this year. But I think if you look at it for the Nationals going forward this year at the trade deadline, I think there's one obvious one. I've discussed it a lot. Jamer Candelario, I think you could be looking at one of the last couple of games. I mean, he's been so fun to watch this year. I'd love for him to come back. That's something if I were Mike Rizzo on the way out, I'd say, hey, man, don't forget about us. We'd love to have you back. Couple-year deal, bring you back. Enjoy time here in D.C. Well, that's going to do it for us here, 106.7 The Fan, the Odyssey app. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Want to say thanks to Chris Russell as he joined us a little bit earlier talking about training camp. Tyler Dunn from Go Long TD joined us as well. Appreciate you guys hanging out with me. If you missed anything today, you can always rewind on the Odyssey app. You can go back and listen to the podcast on the Odyssey app as well. For my guy, Connor, running all the stuff behind the glass making sure everything sounds good today. I'm Toby Altizer. Appreciate you guys listening in. Nationals, Mets, comes up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.